Derek, DW Co. Show, you're a traveling man. About to head out to Oklahoma here pretty soon, right? So we won't see you next week. You won't see me next week. Going to go spend it back in my homeland of Cleveland, Oklahoma, sometimes Tulsa, and a little Oklahoma City, maybe, just to go see some people. But little sister graduates college. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's a research for us, remember? No doubt. So let's, let's, uh, let us know what's going on with it. That's right. So going to be doing that. Mother's Day is coming up, too. So, But... Uh, yeah, how are you doing today? How busy week for you? You know, I'm busy writing. I've got mm-hmm. a meeting coming up in moments, as you know. So I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I'm feeling the stress that comes with the responsibility of working with college brands in a good way. Yeah, I understand. And there's a lot happening in higher ed uh, yeah. right now, especially as people are getting into the uh, the fall semester coming up, uh, getting all of those ads and digital media just uh, ready to uh, bump that enrollment up. As they're trying to rise numbers, uh, so what yeah. are you trying to lead into brand news? Or Maybe something? a little bit. You know what's going on here. The news you didn't know you needed from the people you didn't know were giving it. It's brand news with D White and Company. College Yield is making the news. May first is the big decision day for many colleges and universities across the country. And Yield practices the percentage of admitted students who commit and eventually attend your school is getting a second look from national news media. Higher ed experts argue the criticism is misguided, but the discussion persists. So uh, I, I sent you this article. You probably haven't had a chance to read it. It's behind a paywall, so you're not going to read it. Right. <laughs> so I'll, let me summarize it for you. Thank you. Uh, it's an opinion article in Newsday that's been picked up by several other newspapers and media outlets. It basically says that higher ed's practice of yield, right? The idea that you're going to have so many students admitted, mm-hmm. and then you're hopefully going to uh, make sure they show up. And measuring that, um, that this costs too much money. Mm. It's really interesting because we do a lot of work in the space of yield. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, there's two sides to the coin. First of all, I think it's incredibly misguided look at um, how budgets are put together at universities. I promise you, yield practices are not making your tuition uh, go up. I, I can tell you <laughs> pretty much roundly that's not the case. But... Uh, the point is, there is something that I think universities do that does sort of bear a greater look, which is that they target so widely early on. Now, they have to spend money recruiting students. That's the reality of having colleges everywhere. Mm-hmm. But they target so widely up front, and then they hope and pray that they're going to get the right students. It would be better to develop relationships with students that would be a great fit with your school earlier by having better communications which is the type of work, you know, it's the type of work we do. I'm not trying to lead it yeah. in that place, but it makes a difference when you have real relationships that you've developed over time because you know who you're actually talking to. Yep, you're going to retain those students and they're going to be great advocates for more students coming in too. So, yeah. and you got to be able to show that. And that's some of the work that we're literally doing right now is being able to show how those relationships are being built and what the school's offering to them value-wise. Yeah, I mean, value is everything. So uh, interesting discussion. I, I'm glad that people are under, starting to ask questions about enrollment, enrollment marketing in this process at a national level, it puts us in a place to talk about it. But let's make sure that we understand what we're talking about before we start 
pointing fingers. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Let's see what's going on in Jacksonville. Oh, big stuff here. This is controversy too. Ball decides to change the name or not. Duval County Public School voters will vote on changing the names of several area schools, including Robert E. Lee High School this week. Voters can cast their ballot at Lee High School April 26th through 30th or May 3rd through 7th. Downtown. You know, I might as well just stop there before we get to um, before we get to the other stuff. That's kind of a heavy topic. It's a big one, yeah. But um, have you been following the change the name stuff? I have, yeah, a little bit. I know that they're they got the vote going on this week, right? Yeah. Late at the end of the week, and um, I know there's several. This one's just for Robert E. Lee, correct? I I think that's correct. But there's six schools in all. Oh, is right. that correct? Yeah, that's I right. Think, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's interesting. I was looking at it the other day, and I was thinking like. I thought it would be a good maybe on-brand, off-brand topic at one point because it's like, do these schools, are they the new names, do they fit? Are they on-brand for Jacksonville? Yeah, they're like Riverside High School for Lee High School, which, by the way, just Mm -hmm. if you haven't figured this out by now, I think we should change the name of the school. It's something the chambers come out in favor of. There is really, honestly, no no reason. Robert E. Lee never hung out at that high school or anything. But I think the choice is like Riverside High School, Avondale High School, Mm -hmm. maybe like High School 33 or School 33. Yep, yep. Who we're trying to we're playing we're playing it real close here, right? Yeah. We are really in we're in heavy negotiations as a society, it seems like, doesn't it? I'm interested to see what happens with that there, because there was a list of choices that they would choose, but like, does that affect kids maybe going to different schools at that point if they're if it's renamed? Not not in the sense of keeping the name, but just will will kids in Riverside identify with Avondale as yeah. much or what? You know, I just think I'm gonna go with Riverside High School. It sounds the coolest. I mean, it sounds like Riverdale from Archie Comics. Right. That's probably enough. You can Council got a sneak peek at Estrella Casino over the weekend, and the first ever downtown Fit Club kicked off Tuesday, April 27th. So the lie here is that we haven't actually uh, run. We're going to run here in a little while. That's why you're dressed the way you are. Um, how you feeling? Well, my legs are sore because I have done a leg workout recently. So I'm a little nervous about that. But two, I, I just hope we're not out there for a really long time. You know, yeah. I think I think it'll be fun. It'll be good to go hang out with our some of our friends in the council and, and beyond and go just do something we've never done with them before. I think yeah. that's the fun part, but you know, I don't be running all night. I got stuff to do. You know, I think the, the, uh, the more we're there, the more I'm likely to really embarrass myself mm-hmm. athletically or gastrically. One of the two. Yeah. They're going to see how out of shape I really am. I don't no. want them to see that. I'm good for about 45 minutes and yeah, no one believes that Derek. For more downtown Jacksonville news, subscribe to the Downtown Council podcast wherever you listen and visit downtowncouncil.org. And DW Co. is working on websites. DW Co. is hard at work creating usable web pages for high reg clients. And that includes interviews, video strategy, and digital content creation. May also means new programming on DW Co. Radio. Tune in for new episodes of Swamp Shop, Derek After Dark, Daytime Derek, and Shelly's Show all month, as well as replays of all your favorite DW Co. shows. Go to dwhiteandco.com for more information. Got a tip for brand news? Email Derek at dwhiteandco.com. There's a lot going on in our world right now. May's kind of a big deal for us, I feel like. We just got a video uh, quote out the door. Um, yeah. So some more projects coming our way, which, would be, which is great. And then, yeah, you know, May is big on the on the show side. DW Co. be doing a lot of marketing at that point. Um, and I uh, know... I've got a new show coming out, Daytime Derek. You know, people like Derek after dark, but sometimes it's hard to catch it in the evening. Yeah. So we're going to bring some of the same elements, maybe a little bit of a difference in with Daytime Derek, so you can keep, you know, 
rocking and grooving through your day with uh, the sound of DW Co. Radio in your ears. I think we're kind of good at the video stuff, you know. I, I think, um, you know, if you want to have, if we're putting together a production, I'm going to work with, you know, super subscriber Chuck Grease, and I'm going to work with Siski Productions, mm-hmm. you know, people like that. But, like, I mean, if you're like a person in higher ed or Jacksonville and you're watching this show, you got to figure, like, these two, I'm just going to say dummies, are putting this together. They're putting together a 30-minute show in between doing all this other work right like Mm -hmm. we we should be we should be doing more of that for people i don't know why we're not but anyways i I don't know i think it's cool there's a lot of stuff going on i'm excited to hear daytime Derek. yeah well you're just gonna have to wait tune in on may 3rd that's a monday Mm -hmm. first work day of may and uh you can hear it there on dwco radio you know i got to give a shout out to the guys over at jetpack aviation out in California. Remember the Jetpack Aviation guys? I do. Our friend Chris Bird listens to DW Co. Radio. He loves the Swamp Shop. And the more I thought about it, I was like, that's a perfect show for someone at Jetpack Aviation, right? Like, because mm-hmm. it's like, it sounds like this, like, you know, mechanics mm-hmm. lair down deep in the swamp or something. And, and they're really making stuff like fly in the air and stuff. It really uh, gets to the people that are rolling up their sleeves to do some really hard work. Even though he's an engineer. Yeah. They... It's the same. It, it, works. We're, it like, works. we're like intellectual everyman, Derek. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what we're, we're not, we're not the everyman, right? Uh, but we're the, we're kind of like the thinking man's everyman. I like that. <laughs> Here's a marketing tip from D. White & Company. Find more marketing tips at dwhiteandco.com. Hey gang out here in the backyard doing my morning reading. And I'm thinking a little bit about branding and the work we're doing. And I'm thinking about the creative process. If you're not getting the creative results that you want, I think it's important to go back and look at the creative process that brought you there. I'm a big believer in an iterative process because there are different phases to how people think and process through a brand. It's important to have that knee-jerk reaction, but oftentimes we don't go past that, right? I don't like it, this is weird. Uh, Those are all important because people are gonna feel those things. But equally important is how we iterate from there and create revisions that we've thought through. Doing that helps you to create better work. It helps you to be more in tune with your work. And it also just brings the stress level down for everyone. So I guess my tip for today is take a minute and look, kind of reverse engineer your creative process. What are you doing? How's it working? Let me know what you think. I'm curious to talk about it. I'm literally sitting in the backyard wanting to talk about higher ed branding. Hit me up. That's this week's marketing tip from D. White & Company. Find more marketing tips at dwhiteandco.com. You can email dwhiteandcompany at darren at d-a-r-r-e-n at dwhiteandco.com. And for today's Keep It On Brand, (laughs) you know, you mentioned one little thing in in the brand news, and it was the Downtown Council walking tour. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last Saturday. That was fun. We last Saturday, me, you, several of our friends from downtown council went on a walking tour with Ennis Davis of the Florida Department of Transportation. Uh-huh. And, uh, I'm, and I'm blanking on her name from JWB as well. Is uh, Catherine Derringer? That's right. Yeah. Was it her? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they provided a tour, gave us a lot of uh, interesting information about the buildings and some of the redevelopment and development happening in downtown over the next few years. Going over to streets like Hogan, Laura Street... Julia Street. We toured all up around the historic district, yeah. and uh, it was interesting. I actually learned quite a bit. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was good. There was uh, 
probably more than 40 people. I think I heard about 41 people were on those tours. I love walking around in downtown Jacksonville. It was a little hot, but in general, the weather was really nice. And, and mm. um, I, I, you can walk around a lot of places in Jacksonville and, and just see beautiful historic things, which is awesome. It was cool. I was into it. Yeah. I'll give, you know, I'd do it again. I've done it several times. I'd do it again. And we even heard there was a, a sighting of Evil Derek there, too. You didn't get a photo of Evil Derek, did I you? I didn't get one, no. There was a guy that was on that walking <laughs> tour, never really made contact with us, looked exactly like Derek, but in black sunglasses, black jeans, black boots, black polo like I'm wearing right now. That's fishy. That's fishy. I keep my eye on a guy like that. Same height, trying to kind of fit in. I don't know. You know, he was what kind of the, a lot of people always say, you look like so-and-so or something like that. Not, not just to me, but generally everybody does. And everybody be like, eh, I don't really see it. This guy, I actually looked at him and was like, kind of, kind of yeah. does. Kinda I think does. also just the bizarro style was a big yeah. part of it. If he was just another dude there, you'd be like, I kind of looks yeah. like Derek. But the fact that he looked like he was trying to not look like you. Totally. Yeah, weird. I know. <laughs> okay. But Where anyways, are we going with all of this? I don't know. But it was, it was a fun, we had a good time. Just learned a lot. It started heating up and not, and whatnot, but you know, we've been on history kick lately. My dad was in town. We talked yeah. about St. Augustine, North Florida history, sure. uh, Native American history, stuff like that. And then uh, also with this walking tour, we obviously learned a lot of the historical element of downtown Jacksonville. So I thought, I mean, we work in higher ed. We haven't talked about the history of higher ed yet. And I thought it would just be a good opportunity to ask you a little trivia mm. on the universities inside Jacksonville. Oh, uh, yeah. We haven't done much of that. I like the history of higher ed or higher ed history. Higher ed history. Because it's so entertaining. It's just like, <laughs> those numbers are great. So you got some trivia. So what I'm hearing is you I've, got some college trivia I've got a few questions me. for you okay. if you're ready for it. And honestly, yeah. like, you know, we, we, uh, we do a little bit of work with universities in Jacksonville, but it's not taken off a ton here and hope it does well, in the future put, because we love the city. We've literally put zero effort into it on purpose. That's right. You know, I kind of felt that way. Yeah. Honestly, I was like, you know, like people would ask like, what? What about the local schools? And I was like, you know, I kind of want the local schools to respect the work that I'm doing first. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm we're just a, we're out here with our hat in our hand. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it's cool. What, have you looked? I mean, how many schools have we done now? Like 30 plus, mm -hmm. you know, sort of projects. So, yeah. you know, we've done a lot of work in Jacksonville. So now I feel that we're seasoned. Yeah. We're seasoned, Derek. Yeah. Well, you know? It, you know, it's pretty funny when people say, you know, oh, you, you guys work with UNF or JU. And I was like, no, not really. They're like, yeah. oh, well, who are your clients? And I was like, well, we work at like Central Michigan and, uh, you know, TCU, Texas Wesleyan. And like, they're like, oh, like all over the country. And we're yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun. I, I, I like being all over the country like that. And I, I like being based here in Jacksonville because I think we get to uh, connect those two worlds. All right. You know, listen. You got questions? I got questions. Okay. <laughs> I think if we're going to work in higher ed, we, we should know about the universities here in our own city. I like it. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> this one's actually a sports question just to frame up front. Okay. okay. Sure. There is only one school in Jacksonville with a football program. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you three options, A, B, or C. Well, I guess we'll see. <laughs> okay. Is it A, yeah. Edward Waters College? Is it like B, Waters, yeah. JU, or is it C, UNF? Well, JU hasn't cut their football. Did they cut their football program? They cut their football program. Did they cut their I'm football I'm going to let you program? work this one out. A, Edward My Waters. Own backyard. B, JU, C, University of North Florida. How much you used to see? Uh, I'm going to say it's JU. I'm, I'm going to stick with JU. 
Incorrect. Uh, they cut their football. Program. Ju cut their football program I, I last that. year after I the 2019 that. season. Ah, yes. I knew that. I remembered that. I just haven't been thinking so about it. Edward Waters College is the only one with, and I think I believe they're uh, now bumped up to Division Two. Cool. As well, they used to be NAIA, but now they're Division Two, and they, so they're actually getting a little bit more notice. Um, I know a guy named Ty that plays linebacker there. Kind of really. He's good. He's real good. Edward Waters College is uh, making some major moves right now. Um, it's. I'm excited yeah. to watch them um, continue to grow. I think that's they're definitely exciting. growing for sure. Yeah. Okay, right, so that for, was not a good start. Not a good start. Oh, for one. But I think you can get <sighs> some redemption. I think you get some redemption on this next one. In my own backyard pool. <laughs> All right. What is the name of the mascot for the University of North Florida? Is it? Oh yeah, I know the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Is it the Egrets? <laughs> Or is it the Ospreys? It's the Ospreys. That's correct. It yeah. is the Ospreys. Kind of a, I, like I just kind of threw you a bone on that one. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I don't know that somebody would know that if they weren't from here. Right. But I'd say most people in Jacksonville know that I'm, one. Um, well, listen, we got a national audience here. But, uh, you know, I um, that's a really pretty campus. It really is. It's gorgeous. Over, It's like, you know, nestled in the woods, you know, maybe, what, 10 miles from the ocean? Yeah. And they've got trails all all through there to on a, you know I think about two hundred or three hundred acres of land maybe a little more, um, but yeah it's a really pretty campus actually just right down the road from where I live yeah and I take a shortcut through campus to get to like town center yeah it's very a very affordable school too mm-hmm. and, and you know so many um, students or graduates I see come out of UNF are, are super talented they really mm. they really seem to know what's a up. lot of my friends here in Jacksonville came from there and they're they're doing pretty well yeah. as far as just uh, right out of college with jobs and stuff so. All right, you got another brain buster. I got Derek. another one. What is, uh, who is the oldest school? Ooh. Founded, oldest founded school in Jacksonville. Oh, that's tough. And uh, I'll give you the names first, and then we can talk about the dates after that. But I'll let you guess first. Is it Jacksonville University? Okay. Is it B, University of North Florida? Or is okay. it C, Edward Waters College? <sighs> got to be either JU or Edward Waters, because um, I think UNF's a little newer school. Um, Edward Waters, you know, there's such an interesting history. That that school would have had to have been founded sometime around the time of Reconstruction here. Um, and that was a really uh, progressive time in Jacksonville in particular. Um, JU, probably sometime around there, but I think it's a little no- newer. I'm going to go with Edward Waters as my choice. Dang, I'm really loving the uh, thought process. Was I wrong? Correct. Ah, I knew it. It is Edward Waters College. What year was it? Edward Waters was founded in 1866. So, Jacksonville, if you want to talk about a history that has been buried by, um, quite frankly, lost cause history, which is bogus, the, it is so interesting and documented after the Civil War um, and through up until the time of Jim Crow. Jacksonville was considered like the most progressive, one of the most progressive places in the South for uh, black people to live. And a lot of the ideas that would later really power the civil rights movement came from people like A. Philip Randolph, Mm -hmm. um, much later, this is after that time, and um, James Weldon Johnson. So it's a really powerful history uh, uh, of civil rights and and more in this uh, and Edward Waters be a huge part of that. I'd love to hear more of their story in that. Yeah, way. one of the one of the uh, 
really important HBCUs in the in the southeast region. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got, have a ton of history there and yeah. stuff. So, but nice. All right. Well, you're two for one so far. I'm okay. liking where this is going. This okay. is, leads into our last question. Good. 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 Okay. And we were talking about yield. We were talking about enrollment earlier in the show. Sure. So my question is, who has the largest enrollment mm-hmm. in Jacksonville? Mm-hmm. Is it mm-hmm. UNF, University of North Florida? Is it B? FSCJ, Florida State College of Jacksonville, or is it Trinity Baptist College over Trinity on the west side? Baptist. Uh, it's got to be the state, Florida State College. I mean, that is uh, several campuses, lots of education, and I think um, a lot of interesting things happening with state and community colleges right now. So, yeah. Boom, correct. Yeah, for Three sure. for one. I like how you ended that one. That was interesting, you know, yeah. and I think the other thing is you realize how much education there is here, mm-hmm. you know, plus the University of Florida in Gainesville and yeah. oh, Flagler, sure. our friends down at Flagler in St. Augustine as well. And there, there are several universities, I think somewhere, somewhere around 10 or so universities with a few law schools and stuff here yeah. as well. But there's there's a lot of education happening here. It's very interesting to see just some of the facts on, on all that stuff. So good job. Good stuff. Right on. Hi, this is Harris John Tweedley, majority shareholder in DW Co. Radio, reminding you why have a college building with your name on it when you can have a radio station with someone else's name on it. <laughs> it's a swamp shop brought to you by DW Co. Radio and only on dwhiteandco.com. Derek Thursday, the Jaguars meet their fate, I guess, and uh, draft Trevor Lawrence, huh? Yeah, the draft is this week, huh? Yeah, unless they uh, pull a fast one and go with Nacho Libre. Has Crandall put himself out there yet? I'm still a big advocate that Nacho Libre has a place in the NFL draft and a spot on the Jaguars, hopefully. I don't, th- I don't think he'd go at number one. Let's be realistic. <laughs> you told me he kind of just lacked the talent uh, to be there, but he definitely got noticed. I say between you and I, if you look at Crandall, like, wow, that's a big guy. He definitely played football in college. You go stick him next to an NFL player, you'd be like, wow, that other guy plays in the NFL. <laughs> you know, not the, not Crandall. So so tell him, I guess, so last year, I guess we should say, last year you uh, helped Crandall film this Nacho Libre Pro Day video that went viral. Um, and uh, he got... Uh, on ESPN radio and, and down on the news down in South Florida too, I think. Right. Yeah. Was, we, we, uh, we posted this actually a year ago today. So it's the one year anniversary. Um, but there's a blog on our website that you can go see uh, <laughs> <laughs> titled the NFL draft goes virtual. Nacho Libre goes viral. Yeah. And it did. We got about 50,000 hits and you know, a little less than a week. I think four days was, was what the count was. And, uh, ESPN Jacks 690, the, the ESPN station, and then also mm-hmm. NBC2 Sports News down in Naples picked it up and interviewed him as well. So he got a lot of publicity from it. They thought it was funny, but they also thought it was creative. And, you know, he Crandall definitely selled that he had a shot at the NFL, even though people <laughs> that picked up this up, they never seen him play ever. So, But we, lo- we love Crandall. He is good at football. But, but yeah, I don't think they're going to draft him number one. <laughs> so here's my – so assuming that the Jaguars – uh, draft Trevor Lawrence. Here's my on-brand, off-brand for you. Uh, as we know, the Jaguars are, let's say, a distressed brand. <laughs> Winning would be nice. Winning would help a lot of things. They've right? got some fluff on them, yeah. So we've got two new uh, folks coming in here. we got Trevor Lawrence being drafted on Thursday, Urban Meyer as the new head coach of the Jaguars, former head coach of Ohio State and the University of Florida, won national titles at both places, being profiled in the New York Times uh, this week. So I guess the question is, um, this distressed brand that's going to be shaped, how should these two franchise people, 
Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer, how and what should they do to shape the brand? So it's not really an on-brand, off-brand question so much as the Jaguars have been off-brand for a long time. And, uh, you know, how, do, how can these guys get them back on-brand? Yeah, well, I think, you know, through conversations that we've had, the, the wrong answer is they just need to win. You know, and you, you grilled me about like, well, that's not, there's no steps before winning to make that happen. Right. I mean, they you do know. need to win, but that's, that's, just, that's just saying something. You've right. got to take that to, you got to work backwards. From right. There. But, you know, I think um, more investment into its fans, into its community. But more than that, I'd say is... <sighs> there's not really much of a standard coming from our owner and all the way down to the, accountability. the last person on the roster. Yeah. Um, so accountability and just having high standards. Like I know it's hard to shift gears early or, or late in, in something in, in like a franchise, but it does have to be done for it to happen. You know, I was in college. This is actually something that to, to note uh, yeah. as far as the NFL goes, but um, I had a coach who uh, was at UCO with me and, he played uh, for the Patriots. He played for the Carolina Panthers. Played up in um, possibly for the Vikings. I think was the other team. But he said, "There's one thing." He's like, "You want to know why the Patriots always win?" Yeah. And he's like, "I've been on several different NFL teams. I've seen this firsthand. They practice harder than anybody, and they try the hardest, and they always do like give a hundred percent. All of these other teams that I've been on do not practice hard. They rarely show up in pads, and they're you know they're getting out of practice early and not doing the extra work. The Patriots go as hard as they can all, all the time with also doing the recovery that's necessary. So I'd say that is one step we need to, we need to practice better yeah. and take it more serious. Yeah, I think um, I think that yelling you don't create a culture where people practice that hard by yelling we need to win more. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's a bigger picture of culture. I agree. I think accountability is huge. I have real concerns about Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that he's run particularly clean programs at the college level. Maybe he'll be less likely to be in that trouble at the pro level. But the Jaguars brand, to me, to hear that 25% of the Players Association complaints last year, or maybe it was a year before that, came from the Jaguars is really disheartening as a culture. Um, and what people will accept. Um, I don't think you're going to get anyone to, to play and succeed in a place where, you know, they don't, they don't feel like they have that level of support. So I think accountability, you know, how are we operating? There's always been a lot of pressure in the Jaguars organization of like, we've got new leadership coming in and they're really going to get the players and everyone in line. But at the end of the day, it, it's like the new leadership that needs to be put in line, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? And so I think an accountability from the top down, I think Shad Khan's really good at saying that stuff, but he doesn't really do it. Right. You know, I mean, I've been here and he seems less and less engaged with this. And I feel less and less of a believer that, you know, he's got our interest at heart. We don't know how, you know, Urban Meyer hasn't coached any games yet, but one thing that Jacksonville hasn't had in a while is coaches that players want to play for mm-hmm. because they don't feel respected, they don't feel trusted. They don't Do people f- want to play for Urban Meyer? Uh, Do you know? I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, uh, he's, got, he's gotten the talent out of them in the past, so mm-hmm. I don't know what, what that means from a relationship standpoint, but if he could create a culture where players want to play for him, we will get a much different result than Doug Marone. One thing I did think was really interesting, I highly recommend that New York Times article that they did on uh, Urban Meyer. And one of the things they talked about was after he took the job, he called uh, several people, including Jimmy Johnson, 
who had built national championship college and NFL teams with the Cowboys and the Hurricanes Mm -hmm. and got uh, feedback from him on how to do it. I think it's a really smart idea because, um, you know, go to someone who's a winner, go to someone who's been there before and look at how you could replicate some of that culture. I don't think we could completely replicate what Jimmy Johnson did, but I think there's elements of that to learn from. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I think there's a lot on Trevor too. I think, um, I think a big mistake, something I hear people talking about in the city is like, who's going to be the voice and face of this city? Yeah. And I'm like, you, it's your job. It's not someone else. It's you trying to get rid of someone else's, your job onto someone else. And I really worry about it. I, I heard uh, there's been some questions like, I think Trevor said something to the effect of, um, you know, football's part of what I do, but it doesn't define everything about who I am. And people are like, does he have the will to win? I was like, that sounds like a really healthy attitude <laughs> yeah, to me. Right. I don't really care if he has the will to win. Yeah. I, I think the reality is that winners tend to have that sort of mindset. Mm-hmm. They, they have a bigger set of scope in their life. So, But I don't want to put too much. He needs to grow and develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's a young talent. We need to treat him like a, a talent and not a, a mule. Yeah. And like you said, too, it's just he's young. There's not much, there's no NFL experience so far. Um, and there is a lot of pressure on the new guys that come to the league, especially with like number one first, no, the number one draft pick. Is he going to turn out to be good? Or is yeah. always the big question. How is he going to be a bust or anything like that? And so, you know, I don't know. It is a little bit bigger than football if you start investing into community and, uh, you know, uh, showing that you love the people that support you and, and also love the city back uh, for what it does for you, for supplying a salary through mm-hmm. attending games and all kinds of stuff. You know, I, you will, I, I think you'll get an all-around better team experience and more buy-in from everyone. I think it's the best shot they've had. Yeah. Um, but I think it's wise for us as a city to start thinking about how we view this, not just through the lens of hoping that they win, but trying to model the type of city and um, even just athletic culture that we want to be. I think sports are a big part of life here in, in Florida and a big part of life here in Jacksonville because you can be outside. We like being outdoors. Everyone likes, if not sports, they like the sporting life, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, whether it be fishing or, or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's a big part of life, and I think we should think more about how we define that and what we expect, you know, there's a question of fit at other other cities. You know, yeah. will they be a fit for this culture? Uh, we need to define what our culture looks like. Yeah, yeah, I think that's important. Derek, it's been a lovely time here. DW co-showing with you. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, that's a good conversation we just had. Yeah, we went deep. We, we went did deep go on deep. Trevor Lawrence, Derek. But when I like to get deep thoughts, I like to go to Derek for his final thought. Derek, we've talked about so much. We've thought about so much. We've, we've, there were tears. There was blood. There was sweat. There was somebody even on the floor. People on the floor. Sum it all up in one piece of advice for our listening audience that, that makes this time worth it. Right now? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, that's a joke. That's a joke. That's good. Well, I, um... So the I'm a little on the spot today. Yeah, I noticed. And that's that. my favorite part. Yeah, I'm noticing that vibe a little. You're <laughs> acting like this is the first time we've ever done a show here. Well, I'd say um, your message is what matters most. Okay. Is the advice for today. Go ahead. You know, we've talked a lot about branding. We've talked a lot about 
the Jaguars and what they need to do to, to create a, a successful brand starting now. Um, we've also talked about some of just the work that we're doing. And so it's all just very message driven uh, stuff. We're talking about values, standards, uh, buy-in, all of that. And that all comes from what you stand for, what you do on the daily, um, and how it looks uh, out there to your audience. So your message matters. Your message is what matters. Thank you, as always, for listening to DW Co. Show on this lovely day. You can reach me, Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at dwhiteandco.com or at Real Darren White on Twitter. Let me say that again, at Real Darren White on Twitter. Derek, where can people reach you? They can reach me at uh, Derek at dwhiteandco.com mm-hmm. if you want to email me. Sure. Or you could send me a DM at uh, Derek Reeves. On Instagram, that's R E E V E S. Never gets old. Yeah, and uh, don't uh, don't message me on Facebook. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We won't be back next week, correct? That's correct. We'll do uh, a rebroadcast next week. I'll be flying home, but still stay tuned for what we're going to show. We'll pick which episode uh, you might enjoy the most. I like it. Cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great day. See you.